Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello and welcome to Pop of Wisdom, a show that celebrates people who have dared to be different, made mistakes and overcame challenges, and a rare opportunity to hear their wisdom. From incredible entrepreneurs to world-leading thinkers, join us here for rich, soulful conversation where we truly break down what success means and it's rarely what we assume it is. I'm your host, Poppy Jamie, an entrepreneur, author, and podcast host on a mission to explore and celebrate what it means to be human. On today's podcast, I have the very lovely Melissa Hemsley, a chef, food columnist, best-selling cookbook author, real food activist, and sustainability champion who is passionate about spreading the power of feel-good food. Melissa is on a mission to make food as joyful as possible. She advocates for food that is wholesome, has nourishing potential, with nothing wasted. She's written five best-selling cookbooks, including Eat Green, Eat Happy, and her latest book, Feel Good, with a hundred quick and easy recipes to bring a bit of comfort and joy into your kitchens and beyond. What is a favorite quote you return to often and why? I think probably, I've got so many favorite quotes, but my friend Ben said it to me the other day. He was like, I, and I don't know who to attribute it to because it's, it's not Ben. Sorry, Ben, I know you didn't create this quote. <laughs> uh, he said, if it comes, let it come. If it goes, let it go. And I love quotes, as I say, but I often forget them. And I have to pin them up. And this one, it just keeps coming up for me. Another one I love is, my piece is most important. Again, sorry to whoever created that. I can't remember, but I do think about that when I'm making decisions. Mm. Is this going to be something I can do or is this something going to be something that stresses me? And, you know, having followed you for a while, having seen you in real life, having read your book, I, f- I can really relate to control and so on. And actually, you may not remember this. The last time I think I saw you must have been about two and a bit years ago, and we were giving a talk to some young women very early in the morning. And you just said to everybody in the room, oh, let's just breathe for a bit. And you were just, everyone just loved you. And we all just took a breath and it was great. So thank you for that. Oh, that is so kind. Do you remember? I do remember. It's so nice to think that we're just taking a moment to pause now and just to celebrate the amazing work that you've done in creating this book because they are very much like, and I say this hesitantly because anyone who has children will say they are certainly not like children, but often books are described like babies and you've created another wonderful, very joyful baby. Why did you want to write this book? 
My last book I was really focused on and still am, but my last book was called Eat Green and it was about sustainability and trying to be a bit greener in the kitchen. And I thought, well, I can't bring out another book just about that because that wouldn't be very green to have two books that people need to buy about being green. And I wanted to touch on mental health as much as is possible in a cookbook. And so it's called Feel Good, Quick and Easy Recipes for Comfort and Joy. And it's sort of food for all moods, food for occasions, all occasions. And I started it about four months before the UK lockdown, the March 2020. And I was already very interested in tapping into food that made me feel reassured and nourished and replenished and restored and all those rewords rejuvenated. And it turns out we all needed that food. And I think Mm. what's so interesting about cookbooks is we are obviously us 8 billion of our souls on earth and we are incredibly unique, but we also so share the same feeling of we want a hug from our food Mm. yeah solo eating is great I love a solo supper on the sofa but we like to catch up with food we like to break bread with food connect over food and we're always looking for a chance to connect with nature and ourselves and food gives you that because you connect to farmers you know farmers are the caretakers of the earth we connect to mother earth we connect to ourselves and it doesn't mean that we have had to cook it from scratch doesn't matter whether we're reheating leftovers from three nights ago or from the freezer all of that act I think feels really good and soulful when I was looking through the recipes it felt exactly that real food that makes you feel like you're having a hug and Mm. what I I did love about this is it is extremely healthy at the same time as being gloriously filling and wholesome yes hearty, hits the spot. I just think food has got to hit the spot. And the word healthy, sadly, for some of us, it makes us, our ears perk up because healthy for me feels like, oh yeah, feel good. And it's so interesting what everybody's different interpretations are of healthy. Um, But then when I, if I ever meet people, you know, a wedding or sat at dinner, and someone says, what do you do? And we get into that whole subject. It's so difficult, isn't it? Summing up what one does. And you don't want the person next to you to go, oh God, I got stuck with a healthy chef. So, but I always <laughs> say, I cook healthy food, but it's not boring. That's just literally the thing that comes out. I always say healthy, but not boring. And when they dig deeper and say, well, what do you mean? Like, what's the sort of recipe you make a lot? And I'm, I sort of go back to soup. I think next book, my sixth will be soup. My publishers have prevented me from doing a soup cookbook up until now by saying that, you know, it's too niche. People wouldn't just want a soup cookbook. But the more I meet people, the more people tell me they love soup. And if you look at most cultures across the world, if you were to ask people what's the food they miss from their motherland or their mum or their grandma would make them, it's some sort of bowl food. Okay, it might not be really soupy, but it's Mm. something wet (laughs) is something stewy and it's a curry or it's a ragu or yeah (laughs) I love that and I'm a massive fan of soup but it does remind me of home and kind of Sunday nights and when no one can be bothered to cook properly it just you whack everything in there and see what comes out but one thing you do talk about is about having no rules and I kind Mm. of again I, I I really appreciated how much that's kind of repeated in the book, this idea of like no no rule cooking. Well, I'm not a nutritionist and I'm not a trained chef in the sense that I didn't go to culinary school, 
But I love to weave in what I've learned from others. And so if there's something that's going to save you time, a trick that's going to save you money, a shortcut that's going to save precious fuel bills or energy resources, then I'm your gal. I've always got tips and variations and flexible swaps. And I would say that when I was sort of teaching myself how to cook, I, I would not like to read a recipe, which is bizarre. That's what I do for a living. I write them. But even I when I write my recipes, because I understand that lots of people like to follow things, I most appreciate it when someone says, I took the base of what you were saying and I made it my own. Whether that's Mm. because they didn't have an ingredient or because they thought they could do it better, I'm like, go for it. Or they wanted to do a riff on it or somebody in their family didn't like that ingredient or they didn't want to turn their oven on because it was a hot day. I just love it. I love it when people to quote Louis from X Factor, you know, make it your own. (laughs) (laughs) That's brilliant. What's a life lesson you've been reminded of recently? Well, I'm not sure. Is it, is it completely, I'm not sure if it, tell me if you think this works as a life lesson, but someone said, I can't remember how old they were. They were maybe sort of 60 years old. And they said, if I sort of live to 83, that means I've got 23 summers left. Wow. And I was like, whoa, you know, and I'm, 37 shortly and I'm loving my 30s I'm loving every year that I wake up to but it did make me think one is what I'm worrying about right now gonna bother me next summer or even next week is it important and if it is obviously that's incredibly valid but if it's not important if I won't care about it in one summer two summer three summers then can I learn to let it go That's a really interesting point that you said you're really enjoying your 30s. Has that always been the case? Or what do you think shifted for you to open yourself up to more enjoyment than you've experienced before, perhaps? I think since I went on this incredible grief retreat four years ago now called The Bridge, which is run by a woman called Donna Lancaster, and I, I booked on that because my father had passed, but five years previously, and I had felt that I was sucking it up and I felt like I needed to go somewhere and grieve. And of course you can't schedule in grieving, but I just felt like I wasn't able to fully grieve on real lifetime at that point. So I went on it and it was group therapy and I had had quite a bit of therapy but never group it's funny because if anyone has had therapy before and then thinks group therapy is a bit scarier I mean I wish I had gone to it sooner because Mm. it's so powerful so ever since then I left after four days a different person I mean I really had my hoodie right up to my nose I was really hiding and I left differently and I think since then something shifted because I was on this group therapy retreat with people of all ages there was one woman there who was 87 and I didn't have grandparents growing up. I wasn't, only one was alive when I was alive and I only met him once. So I think being around older people and watching this woman in her late 80s decide to go on a group retreat, go on a grief retreat Mm. and open herself up and be up for more self-development, more self-growth. I was like, yes, get in. This Mm. is amazing. And there were men in the group and I hadn't really ever seen men openly cry before and talk about their feelings. So that was a whole thing. So I think as I, about four years ago, yeah, I really realized that I knew that growing old is a privilege, but I really realized how much more I could love myself, like myself, know myself. So I see it as a blessing. 
What drives you to do what you do and why? Because you've been leading the conversation around this real wholesome approach to good food, uh, good for your mind, good for your body. But you were doing this far before TikTok began with food recipes. You've been doing this pre-social media in many ways. How did it begin and what keeps you going now? I mean, I like to do a dance routine. So I I feel like maybe (laughs) I would enjoy being on uh, TikTok. But how did it start? Me and my sister Jasmine, my big sister, we literally fell into private chefing for a band about 13, 14 years ago. The band being Take That. (laughs) And um, we just fell into being their private chefs. I mean, I know that is so random. That's a whole nother story. But we really did fall into uh, cooking for one of them. And then we ended up cooking for the others. And then they had a tour chef, which was fantastic. Because I quickly realized to go on tour is a whole nother skill set. Because you're sourcing ingredients every single night from some a new city, new country. So we worked in tandem and we did that for about four years. And through that, they're quite a connected bunch to take that guys. And we ended up cooking for actors. We were cooking for James Corden uh, when he was at theatre in London. All sorts of brilliant, talented people who love great food, but didn't have the time to cook for themselves and knew that having sort of a base of wholesome food, as you called it, Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Which I love the word wholesome. And tasty food that they could really look forward to was going to be key to keeping their stamina up night after night on tour or at the theater or doing two shows a day. And it was such good fun. And sometimes I'd love to get offline and just go back into the kitchens cooking for everyone because it is so great and the sense of achievement and it's really hard work, of course. It's really early starts and really late uh, finishes as anyone in hospitality knows. But um, it is really nice to be offline. But, you know, it's a great way to be online. I'm very grateful to be online and it's a great way to spread the message to more and more people. And from that came a column in Vogue and from that came some cookbooks and Jazz and I did two cookbooks together. And now this is my third by myself, which I can't quite believe. And I mean, I just enjoy making them and I really get buzzed from people cooking from them and saying, I would never have cooked dinner on a Monday night. I would have got takeout. I cooked dinner. I feel great. There's leftovers. I'm putting them in my lunchbox now. I'm looking forward to going to work tomorrow. (laughs) 
I really love this growing trend of people planning ahead with this idea of, you know, sustainability, cooking Mm. on a Monday and being able to bring their food to work for lunch for many, many reasons. Mm. Out of all the recipes in your book, what would you say is the easiest for someone who's trying to plan lunches cooked at home, brought to work? I'll throw you out two. The tuna the chickpea tuna, so it's spelled Mm. C-H-U-N-A, which I picked up, you know, did not invent, uh, picked up from some plant-based friends. And it's got all the fantastic crunch and flavor and big briny flavors that, uh, you know, your tuna salad's got, your cornichons, your capers, you can add some olives in there, your dill, your herbs, but you use chickpeas, good old chickpeas or garbanzos, your friends in the States call them. And uh, you smash it all up together with a little bit of mustard. And I like to put some chopped jalapenos in there and then a little bit of the jalapeno brine to just make it really zing. And that actually tastes better two days later and even better on the third day. And I mix it up with different beans. I put butter beans in there and all the good beans because what I do learn from my nutritionist friends and my my friends that are into nutritional psychiatry and brain health is get your beans in and not just chickpeas or cannellini beans, but get a wide variety of beans. So that's what I look for. So a lot of my recipes, whether people eat meat and fish or not, is about buying better quality animal products and trying to eat a little bit less while upping the beans. So I love what I call half and half recipes where Maybe you're making a bolognese or ragu and maybe you're using half mints and half lentils or half smashed beans or just going full on plant based for that dish and amping up the beans and pulses. We actually had um, an amazing woman called the Bean Queen on the podcast about over a year ago now, Karen Hurd. How did I miss this? The Bean Queen, what a great name. Uh, When I was um, looking through your book in depth, I did think to myself, gosh, the Bean Queen would be thrilled with these recipes. Oh, I'm so chuffed to hear it. And you know, like my mom's from the Philippines and they use beans in in sweets and their puddings and their desserts. And I think of, you know, going to Brazil and eating, you know, slow cooked black beans with garlic and herbs. And I think of going to Italy and Spain and Greece and having gigantes, you know, like big beans cooked in tomatoes and olive oil and garlic. And so many countries have multiple bean dishes and they're so tasty and they're affordable. They keep well. And yeah, if, if anyone's ever made a chickpea blondie or a black bean brownie, you know that they they work in sweets. Yes, yeah, so I love I love my beans. And what else do the brain health experts say and the the um nutritionists? Yeah, berries, beans, oily fish. And if you don't eat fish, your walnuts, your chia seeds, your flax seeds. I do find as well with a lot of healthy snacks that they tend to be quite heavy on the nuts. And seeds are also tend to be cheaper. So it's quite nice to do some seed recipes too. Seed, seed, seeds. Yeah. Uh, so I'm trying to weave all of that in then a rainbow of vegetables. And I think also a lot of us, you know, maybe we eat a lot of red peppers and tomatoes. and But some of us maybe, and I point at myself, often miss out on leafy dark greens, which we know are so good for us. So I try and get a little bit of green in at every mealtime. 
You do. And I was really enjoying the addition. I'm obsessed with pumpkin. And so I love all of your vegetable bakes, which are just so simple to do. And you just chop it up and they look delicious with lots of garlic. Yeah, lots of garlic. I I should, you know, your friend, the bean queen, I'm the garlic. (laughs) The garlic girl. The garlic girl. Oh my God. Yeah, the garlic girl. (laughs) I'm actually more the ginger girl. My mum, like I say, she's from the Philippines and ginger is such a key ingredient in my life and I love it and I like making ginger lemonade ginger tea I like putting ginger in my baked oats ginger in my porridge ginger in my curries what are your favorite ingredients Poppy what do you not live without I have to say since interviewing the bean queen over a year ago I must probably eat hummus as if it's going Mm. out of fashion I eat so much hummus a lot of soups have you roasted chickpeas till they're really crispy and delicious like with a bit of harissa and then you put your roasted chickpeas on top of your soup for added texture that's quite a nice way of combining your two big loves Ooh, that's (laughs) a really good tip I do love a bit of a crunch with a soup yeah you need levels of texture for sure which cultivated habit have brought you the most benefit in terms of health, happiness and performance in your life? Can I say going for a walk? Is that too simplistic? No, I, I honestly think simple, back to basics. Okay, I'm going to say walking is the habit that brings me the most joy and clarity. So that walk feeds me on many, many levels. And I used to say, okay, I'll go for a walk every day. But I have to do a phone call, you know, do some life admin Mm. or like chase up something. And I used to use it as another chance to just be multitasking Melissa. And then I realized (laughs) how much better everything would be if I just stopped trying to do that. And I think that I used to pride myself on my multitasking, pride myself on how I loved lists and was good at lists. And then I sort of had some sort of realization that I wasn't doing things very well, trying to squeeze and cram and actually squeeze the joy out of every last second. And now I go for my walk. And even if it's 10 minutes, I don't beat myself up. And if I can't balance it out with a longer walk the next day, I just go, okay, that's all I got today. And that's perfect. And I do feel lucky that I work from home a lot of the time that I can you know, head out for a walk. But I do also need to cultivate it and be firm with myself and say, no, that email can wait. You're going to go for a walk. Or you know what? Text your friend now and say, is it okay if I'm half an hour late? Because I just feel like I could do with a walk. Or Mm. hey, can we meet up? But can we walk for half an hour before we go to dinner? Because I just need to move my body or get some air. Who do you think's been your greatest teacher in inspiring you to be more like that? Because I because I think a lot of the stuff we instinctively know is good for us, but there's such a difference between knowing and doing. And to make that shift from actually putting this into practice, is there anyone that's helped you do that? Quite a few people. I feel like I've had some really good teachers. One of them is, I name-checked her before and I'll just do it again because she's so fantabulous, is Donna Lancaster. And just to recap, I met her. I hadn't met her before. I met her on this retreat that she did. And ever since then, I've done first Sunday of every month, an online course community, more group therapy, Poppy. And it's called Deepening Into Life, which I think is such a fantastic phrase. And another thing I love is she'll say, yeah, it's great to look for growth opportunities in life. And she's like, but remember, you don't need like 
millions of growth opportunities mm. in a week, you'd have to push yourself too far because I think that's another thing I used to do. Oh, I should, I could really do with learning more about that, researching that. I'd love to study that, or I really could connect with that person, or mm. I feel like I should offer myself to that charity or all of this stuff. And she then says, you know, just, whoa, slow and rest so she's a good one for rest but also on the flip side if I say well I'm nervous to do that or I didn't stick up for myself then or I wish I had been more vocal and supportive of that person then she'll say okay go for it you didn't miss your opportunity have a bum clench moment and go do it and by that she means you know that kind of like Mm. where you just go okay this is a bit uncomfortable but I'm gonna do it and for me, group therapy was a major bum clench moment. And I, I do try and have a few bum clench moments in a day, but then I don't overdo it because if you're clenching your bum the whole time, that's also <laughs> not good for you. I love that idea of kind of like, where is that balance between bum clenching and resting? Yes. And feeling your way through it. We are running out of time, sadly. Oh, um, no, I'm I having know. a lovely time with <laughs> I you. Know. I could talk to you forever. Um, do you mind with us finishing with a complete the sentence round? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, fab. The world is... Safe and here for me. Happiness is... Swimming with my dog. When things don't go according to plan, I... Used to panic... And now I try and breathe. (laughs) Love that. When I'm feeling low, I... Make soup. When I'm feeling full, I... Ooh, count my blessings. And the piece of wisdom I would share with my younger self is... Give yourself a hug every day because you are lovable. And the book I recommend the most is... This One Wild and Precious Life by Sarah Wilson. Oh, wow. I haven't read that. You would love Sarah Wilson too. And what a great title, This One Wild and Precious Life. Such a good title. Melissa, this conversation has been just like your recipes, so full of just nutritious and feel-good vibes. So thank you, Melissa. Where's the best place to find you um, to ask further questions? Yes, come and say hello. Um, Probably Instagram at melissa.hemsley. Don't forget the dot because there is another Melissa Hemsley and she might not want to chat about chickpeas (laughs) as much. So it's (laughs) at melissa.hemsley. Chat chickpeas and soup with me there. Amazing. And I will put a link to Melissa's book in the show notes too. Thank you, Poppy. It's been such a joy. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Not Perfect Podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would deeply appreciate it if you wouldn't mind subscribing and leaving a review and perhaps maybe sending it to a friend who also might enjoy this episode. I can't tell you how grateful I am for those that share this podcast on their social media or with friends because it helps the show reach more listeners. I'd absolutely love to hear from you. So if you've had any thoughts or you want a specific guest coming up in future episodes just let me know shoot me a message on instagram or twitter it's just at poppy jamie and so until next time stay flexible stay true to you and stay leaning into love even on a budget quality is non-negotiable 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.